0: Here's what Noah thinks is going to happen next. I think the way that Susie will send Franny the message is when they're walking down the hallways on the last day of school, she's just going to shout at her. She doesn't know what to say, so she's just going to shout at her, and everyone's going to be like, look at her, and it's going to be dead cold. And then she's going to start crying, going to the bathroom, and everyone's just going to walk away and ignore her. That's how I think Susie will send Franny a message. Well, Noah, let's see if you're right. Let's see if that's how Susie gives Franny that big message, that big sign. Part 5. Procedure. A well-written procedure section is fairly straightforward. What materials did you use? What did you do? And how did you do it? Mrs. Turton. Stronger than us. Another thing you should know, jellyfish are stronger than we are. Consider this. A jellyfish sting is one of the fastest reactions in the animal kingdom. Their stingers are coiled like harpoons, millions of invisible weapons just waiting. When jellyfish tentacles brush a surface, even faintly, they spring into into action. In just 700 billionths of a second, a tiny fraction of the time it would take a person to understand, to think, to react, the jellyfish releases those harpoons, all their poison, with the pressure of a bullet. Jellies can sting long past their own death, long after a tentacle is detached from the rest of the body. Jellyfish are stinging machines, and their stings are as violent as anything on earth. But they don't even have to think about that, about who they sting or why. Jellyfish don't get bogged down by drama, love, friendship, or sorrow. They don't get stuck in any of the stuff that gets people in trouble. They connect with other members of their species only to mate, and even that happens without fuss. The male opens his mouth and releases sperm. The female passes through his sperm and accepts it. The whole affair is clean, tidy, There's no touching or drama or passion or pain. The parents never wonder about what happens next. They either reproduce or they do not. Their babies either survive or they do not. The babies don't think about the parents, and no jellyfish ever longs for another. They drift past one another. They never stop moving, never stop pulsing through the depths. Imagine a creature. Susie, Mrs. Turton smiled at me. Are you ready? It was the day of my science report. I walked to the front of my classroom with a stack of papers and several sheets of poster board. My heart pounded so hard I could hear it on the inside of my ears. My feet moved across the tile floor. Fluorescent lights hummed overhead. Someone shifted in a chair and the chair screeched. It was so loud I cringed. I took a deep breath. I hadn't spoken to any of these kids since the last school year. I wondered if I would even be able to speak out loud. But I took that breath, and I closed my eyes, and I thought about Jamie. I thought about the way he reached his hand into the swirl of tentacles, completely unafraid. About him writhing on a hospital bed in that red bathing suit. The way he let the whole world see him in the middle of his worst pain, when he felt like he was being shocked by a million electric needles. If he could do that, surely I could do this. I stared at the back wall, and then I spoke. Imagine. A creature I started then I swallowed my heart thumping so loudly imagine a creature so unlike other animals that scholars once believed it was a plant deep breath a creature whose mouth and butt are one and the same laughter then good they were listening a creature that is dangerous to others even after it is dead I glanced around the room just long enough to notice Sarah Johnston leaning forward a little in her seat. So I told them. I told them about jellyfish life cycles, that jellies start off almost like a plant clinging to the bottom of the sea and how in that phase of life they are planula. But when they grow up, they break away from the seafloor and are free to pulse through the ocean. Then they have taken the form of a medusa. I showed them a picture of a jellyfish that looks like a fried egg. I showed a picture of a jellyfish that looks like Darth Vader, another that looks like a kindergartner's drawing of sunshine, just a big circle with lines sticking out in every direction. I showed them a jellyfish that lights up like police flashers when it's threatened, and another jellyfish that absorbs all the light that surrounds it. It's like a living black hole, I told my classmates, a real live black hole inside the ocean. I showed them picture after picture, And when I was done telling them all the basic things about jellyfish, what they eat and where they live and how they move and how many different forms they take, I began telling them other things, the bad things. I explained that jellyfish are taking over the seas, that they are taking all the food for themselves, that they are stealing penguins' food, that they are driving the whales to extinction, that many scientists believe that there are more jellyfish than ever before, And that deadly jellyfish that used to be only in places in Australia are probably in other places now too, in England, in Hawaii, in Florida, maybe even closer, places like Maryland even. It was at that point that Mrs. Turton spoke. I'm so sorry to interrupt, Susie, she said gently, but I'm afraid you're going to need to wrap up soon. I'm not finished, I say flatly. I love that you have so much to say, Mrs. Turton said. But we still have another presentation to go, and we're running out of, I'm not finished, I said. I said it louder and more forcefully than I'd ever spoken to a teacher. But I wasn't going to stop talking. Stopping now, at this moment, before I'd gotten to the most important things that needed to be explained, was impossible. The class got very, very still then. I stared at Mrs. Turton, and she lifted her eyebrows, surprised. Then she looked down at her lap, like she was thinking about something. When she looked up she flashed a tight smile a few more minutes susie she said you can finish what you have to say but please wrap up quickly i took a deep breath and i got to the point the most frightening is probably the ira deadly transparent and tiny you won't even see this animal in the water i told them about the number of documented deaths about the migration over greater distances about the dangerously fast heartbeat, brain hemorrhage, about the cause of deaths mistakenly attributed. And that's when I thought they would understand. I really did. I thought everyone would understand. And that is why we need to learn all we can about these fierce Medusas of the sea, I said. I stopped speaking. I swallowed. I took a deep breath. Then I looked up. Mrs. Turton watched me with that same look she'd had when I snapped at her. She was thinking hard about something. I could tell. I think I did it, I thought, and I glanced around the room at my classmates to see if they, too, were thinking about what I'd said. Some were looking at me, some were not, and the ones who were looking at me didn't look like they were particularly moved. One of the boys in the back of the room yawned. Across from him, a girl carefully used her foot to push a folded piece of paper along the floor until it reached the desk of the girl in front of her. The girl dropped her pencil on the floor, then leaned down to pick up both the note and the pencil. She unfolded the note and let out a single snort of laughter. Aubrey glanced at Molly with the same look she'd worn last year when I talked about the pee. Molly responded with a tiny gesture, so small that most people didn't see it, but I did. It was her finger move. It was her moving her finger around in a circle next to her ear, as if to say, crazy, cray-cray. I glanced back at Mrs. Turton and understood then. She wasn't thinking about Franny. She was concerned, but her concern wasn't about how Franny died or jellyfish taking over the world. It was about me. Somehow, in this report, the most important words I'd ever spoken out loud, I'd done something wrong. Susie, said Mrs. Turton finally, that was incredibly thorough. I can see that a tremendous amount of hard work went into your presentation. She turned to the rest of the class. I'm afraid that puts us off our schedule. So I'm so sorry, Patrick, but you're going to have to go tomorrow. Patrick, a boy who was always doing his homework for the next class during whatever class he's already in, said, "Yes," and pumped his fist like a motor. And then everyone returned to normal like I hadn't even spoken. That's it I wanted to say. I felt like saying, "No, no, you didn't understand. Didn't you listen? Did you really listen? You don't understand that one of us might already have been taken by jellyfish?" And that maybe someday these animals will overtake us all? I dropped some papers and looked straight at the floor as I gathered them. My hands were shaking. Someone in the back of the room did that thing where you pretend to cough, but you're really saying a word loud enough for everyone to hear. The word was Medusa. Everyone laughed. I turned around and saw Dylan looking at the ceiling, all innocent. Then when I turned back to the board, I heard it again. And this time, I knew for sure that it was Dylan. And then everyone started coughing like that. Medusa! (laughs) Medusa! I suddenly saw myself from the outside, as if I were watching from a corner of the classroom. I didn't see a girl who had just convinced the world of something important. Instead, I saw a weird, frizzy-haired girl with trembling hands and a blotchy red face. A girl with no friends. A girl whose face was screwing up in the ugliest way. "'Tears starting to stream from her eyes. "'Once the tears started, I was powerless to stop them. "'Medusa!' "'That's enough,' said Mrs. Turton in a sharp voice. "'The class quieted down, but I knew that from now on, "'my nickname would be Medusa. "'Go ahead and sit down, Susie,' said Mrs. Turton quietly. "'I nodded, and I rushed back to my seat. "'I didn't want to just sit there and cry, "'not in front of all those kids.' So as Mrs. Turton reviewed that night's homework, I opened my, ho- my notebook and picked up my pen. I wish I could meet you, Jamie. I wish I could meet you and you could tell me you understand, because nobody else understands. I tried, but they didn't see what I saw. I know you would understand, because I've seen your picture. I found so many pictures of you online. In one, you're holding a jar, and inside that jar is an Irukandji, ghostly and transparent. Your eyes are soft as you look at it. In another, you're staring through a tank at a box jellyfish. The jellyfish is in the top of the tank and you are beneath it looking up. There are flecks in the water that look like stars in the night sky. And because your image is hazy through the glass and you are on the other side of the water, you are the one who looks like a ghost. And here is the thing that I find so interesting. There's never any anger in your eyes. There's never any disgust. You don't even look at these creatures like they're all that different from you. You look curious, that's all, like you're trying to figure them out. Like maybe these creatures have something to tell us, and you care enough to hear it. What is it about you? How is it that you care so much about the creatures that everyone else hates? I mean, I saw you in that hospital bed, almost dead from a sting. Why aren't you the least bit angry after that? What is it about you that makes you able to love creatures that no one else can? How to send a message. Urine is more than 95 percent water. That happens to be exactly the same way people describe jellyfish, by the way. More than 95 percent water. But this doesn't matter to me yet. Not yet. What matters now, as we near the end of sixth grade, is that freezing urine is easy. Send me a signal, you had said. After a long time, I didn't know how to do that. Then after the camp out, after I felt that saliva on my cheek, I did. Make it big, you'd say. Remember when I told you that day in the cafeteria that different animals use pee to communicate? That's what I've decided to do. I'm going to send a message delivered the same way you delivered your message with body fluids. I need thin, flat discs. These are easy to make, especially since I have been bringing home leftovers from Ming Palace every Saturday. Plastic takeout containers are perfect. The smallest size, the ones that are only a couple of inches high, are the best. These are easiest to stack neatly in the back of a freezer. Peeing right into these containers is easy. I sit on the toilet and hold them underneath me, one at a time, stopping midstream to swap them out. I arrange the containers on the floor in front of me, then snap the lids on. It's all very clean. Like I said once, on a day when none of my words came out quite right, urine is sterile. The only gross thing about it is that we think it's gross. I was right about that, you know. I was right, even though those girls laughed and you laughed too. After the lids are sealed tightly, I rinse the outsides, then place them in the freezer. I cover them with several packs of frozen vegetables, then place ice trays in front of the vegetables. And I go to bed. Tomorrow is the last day of sixth grade. In the morning, as my mom showers, I stack the frozen plastic containers inside an insulated lunch pack, which I place in the bottom of my backpack. My stomach hurts, but I feel more sure than I have felt for a long time. I have even, at least for the moment, stopped hearing that terrible thud splat inside my brain. I tell my mom that my homeroom teacher invited kids to help clean out the classroom, and ask her to drive me to school early. She doesn't ask any questions. Even when the parking lot is almost empty, she doesn't ask. She trusts me, I think. Still trusts me, even if I no longer deserve it. Maybe this is what happens when a person grows up. Maybe the space between you and the other people in your life grows so big, you can stuff it full of all kinds of lies. No one is in the hallway. Without any students, the hallway doesn't look like a real middle school. It looks like a movie set of a middle school. I imagine that it is the future, and that all the people have disappeared, and I am the only human left in the whole world. Outside, giant insects are roaming the planet. At any second, they might appear at the double doors at the end of this hallway. They will come in and devour me, and that will be my end. I feel the weight of the bag I'm carrying. My message for you. And I head toward the lockers. So what do you think about what Susie is doing right now? I'm sure you've got some pretty strong opinions. Do you think she's right? Do you think she's wrong? Do you think she's somewhere between right and wrong? I'm interested to hear your thoughts.